You're listening to Life in the Trenches. Relatable, faith-filled conversation about everyday life to encourage and connect. Because at the end of the day, we're all in this life together. Welcome to Episode 1 of Life in the Trenches. I'm your host, Melissa Sharp. So I'm excited that you decided to join me today on this new adventure, I guess you could call it. So who am I? Well, I'm a speaker and a writer. I've been working in women's ministry for the last several years. I work with a great international women's organization, and I've been doing lots of things online. I felt a little bit of a nudge to try something new. So after developing a few different series, I did several episodes uh, over the last few years with my friend Amber Sandberg of the Mom Inspired Show in Nashville, Tennessee. I thought, well, I could bring my own conversations to the table. So here we are in the trenches. And you might be wondering why it's called Life in the Trenches. Well, after a particularly difficult day, I guess in motherhood and life, I had a really rough night and I needed some clarity. So instead of the usual rambling that I would do when I would pray, I actually sat down and wrote out my prayer. And it was quite a while later that I reread what I wrote. And I'm going to read it for you right now. Father, it's difficult to do the right thing sometimes. This pit that I've collapsed in seemed like such a comfy place to be. It was a shelter from the storm, and I chose to ignore it. But eventually, the winds became too strong and forced me to look up. The pacing of my human spirit made that pit into a trench. So, here I am, more room to grow, and I've made more room for you here with me. I'm sorry that I didn't ask you earlier. I'm sorry that I ignored the storm for so long, and I'm sorry that my vanity got the best of me. My pride always comes before my fall, and the landing was none too graceful. But grateful I am that this happened, and in my wayward ways, somehow it's led me back to you. Somehow you saw past my failures and saw my broken heart and hurting soul, somehow you look beyond what was and you saw what could be. You know, I have had an incredible opportunity to be able to reach many women, to work in ministry over the last several years. But to be honest, by the end of my day, I feel like a 10-year-old girl, you know, just crying out to God when my head hits the pillow saying, I just hope at the end of the day that I can be a good person. That's really all I want. And I don't know about you, but this trench that I'm in sometimes feels so deep and so long. When I actually got into the word trench and I started to really dig into it, I was wanting to understand what it meant. And for most of us, we understand, you know, the Webster's Dictionary of a trench, which is the form of a ditch. But was there anything beyond that? And it's interesting because I did learn that the trench also is defined as a border, something that borders closely on, that intrudes on. 
I thought that was really odd. You know, I'm in this trench and it's bordering on the war that's around me. You know, what kind of war are we living in? Well, we're living in a time in modern history where the world feels like it's literally burning. I mean, we know the world's always been in turmoil with, you know, war and famine and disease. But now it's like the sparks of the tongue have caused flames, (laughs) flames of fire that are of epic proportions right now. We are in so much division and anger. I've never witnessed a time like this in my life. It's like the war of everything of, of we're trying to fight and it's going on all around us. And this trench that I'm in, it's bordering on the line of chaos. Being in the trench is difficult and life often gets hard. And if you're anything like me, you're tired. I remember when my eldest daughter, who's 13 now, um, was just starting preschool. And I had to drive across the city to take her to preschool every morning. I was willing to do it. It was a fabulous preschool and this mama needed a break. I mean, come on, I had one three-year-old, but I felt like I needed a break. So a couple days a week, I would drive her to preschool. And on this one particular morning, I remember driving into the parking lot and I took my daughter in and dropped her off. And as I was coming back out, there was this hot mess mama. And she pulled up in her minivan beside me and out tumbled out a couple of kids. Plus, she had some more still strapped in the back. She was late and I was sitting in my car. I was on the phone and I just witnessed her taking those kids in, dropping them off and coming back out. And she waved at me through the car window and and her and I had never had a conversation before. We just recognized each other from drop off. And, you know, my window was open and I remember looking at her and I was like, it's okay, mama. I get it. We have all been there. And she looked at me and she said, really, you I always thought you had it all together. And before I could even think of what to say, I clapped back with, oh, mama, it's just an illusion. And really, it is just an illusion. None of us have it all together. We're all this hot mess mama sometimes. But somewhere along the line between diapers and now distance learning, I learned a really valuable lesson. See, it's okay that sometimes we're a hot mess mama, but sometimes I'm winning and I want to recognize that I'm winning. Not every day is a mess for me. And I don't want my messiness to be my life mantra, as in, I don't want my hot mess to be what defines me. I just, I see so many moms that have made these platforms, whether big or small. And yes, I am supportive and loving. And I think there's room for all of us at the table. The only thing that really stuck with me was I don't want to make a false God out of my messiness. I don't want my messiness to be the one thing that people can connect with, with me. I don't want my hot messiness to be the thing that makes me relatable. I want the fact that I'm human and that, yeah, I'm motherhood and I'm and I'm being a wife and I'm in the sisterhood with my friends and and I'm a different version of so many different things. I want that to be what makes me relatable to people. Not the fact that we're stuck in this trench and we're hot messes and we're just, you know, sitting in our own squalor of 
not wanting to be better or do better. I'm a work in progress. And I think most of us can identify with that, that we're all just a work in progress. Some days I have really great progress. And sometimes I derail everything that I did the day before, the day after. But that's what it means to be a work in progress, I would think. I just don't want to make a false god out of it. I don't want to be worshipped for it. I don't want that to be, as I already said, my identity. I know that it's hard, and I know that every day is a struggle. I want people to accept me in this come-as-you-are culture. And that's really what we're in, this come-as-you-are, all-are-welcome, because it's true. Come as you are. We are all welcome. I'm going to come the way that I am. But when I come to my Heavenly Father, I come now with an expectant heart that by the time I get up and, and walk away from that prayer, that I'm going to be changed. I have an expectant heart that I may come as I am, but I'm going to leave better. You know, one thing that I've learned is that you really can't preach at people There's no way that you can share your faith and someone else understand the feelings that go behind it. I've learned in my own experience that no one can ever take your encounter with God, with Jesus, away from you. It's something that you have to experience in order to be changed. I can share those experiences and encourage people Heck, even equip them sometimes with resources and the ability to learn and to grow themselves. But at the end of the day, when you're in that trench, you really need to experience it for yourself. I am a hot mess mom, but I desire to be better. I want to be a better version of myself. I have two daughters. Let me tell you, I have spoken publicly many times about how I feel like I'm parenting myself most days because my daughters mimic me all the time. Things that I say, things that I do, and I get frustrated and angry with them only just because I'm seeing something in them that I know about myself and I don't like it. How do you discipline that? How do you try to change a behavior in your child when you're not even willing to change a behavior in yourself? One thing that I noticed about my older daughter is when she gets frustrated and angry, she grunts. Well, where do you think she got the grunting from? I figured that out pretty quick. From her mom. I get angry and I get frustrated and sometimes I don't know how to express it. And so I grunt. Yeah, I hear it coming out of her mouth. And I say something to her. I I call her out on it. What is it that you're frustrated with? How can I help? But you know... I caught myself too sometimes when I'm frustrated or I'm angry and I'm grunting. I'm not willing to ask for help. Why is that? Is that because as a mom, I've taken on all the roles and I just feel like I'm supposed to help myself? (sighs) That's what makes me a hot mess. I think that's what's gotten me into a lot of trouble. I've just had to come to a place where I realized I can't do this on my own and I don't want to do this on my own. I don't want to have to figure things out. You know, we use so many filters on social media. Why do we use filters? Why do we show our highlight reels? Well, honestly, I think it's because we're drawn to beautiful and pretty things. I mean, I 
I don't want to look at the past highlights of my life of the terrible and tough moments. I don't want to be reminded that of every single day. Who wants to be reminded of their failures? So even though we say it over and over again that we have to be real and raw in this, you know, filtered social media world, but we do it because we want to see lovely things. We want to be reminded that there are good things in the world and there are good moments as well as the bad moments. I don't believe doing those things are wrong. I just have to question my motivation in my heart as to why I'm using a filter or why I'm just showing parts of my highlight reel. And when it comes to social media, I love liking other people's posts or now I've started commenting on them, showing encouragement and support. Because you know what? That picture that you put up of your kids playing in the park, that's awesome. Honestly, the photo of that dinner that looks way better than mine, I'm really happy for you. Genuinely, I am. Why can't we celebrate everybody's wins and just look for the best in each other? Why do we have to think negative thoughts when someone's trying to show us something that's positive? We've heard the statistics of social media and the impact that it has on our mental and emotional health. But the only way for us to get emotionally healthy is through our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where it has to begin. We can't change the thoughts and the behavior of other people. We have to start changing the thoughts and the behavior of ourselves. How do we do that? Well, for me, it's been recognizing what my failures are and being willing to work on them. It's not easy by any stretch of the imagination. As a mom, nothing has been more reflective of who I am and what my identity is than my children. I love those girls and they've given me a lot of purpose in my life. But I've come to a place where I realize that my purposes are above and beyond them. I have a real heart for connecting with moms. I work with an organization called Women Together International, and we actually just launched a brand new initiative called M3, Moms Mentoring Moms. This really started for me years and years ago when I was leading a MOPS group in our church. I loved running that program. It was so awesome. And, it, and it's not because I was just connecting with women all the time. It, it was because I was learning from women all the time. I really came to believe and, and have spoken on it many times, and I've written on it, that there is this whole process of mentoring and, and mothering uh, that really happens when two women work together. And it's this three-step process. So let me explain. I truly believe that there's a woman who's three steps ahead of me. And so I need to be able to reach out my hand to, to the, grab the hand of that woman who's three steps ahead of me and learn from her as she's pulling me along. But I have the same responsibility of reaching out my hand behind me to grab the hand of the mom, the friend, the sister who's three steps behind me and pull her along with me. See, each and every one of us has life experiences that are so incredibly valuable to someone else. We just have to be willing to be vulnerable to share them. Vulnerability is a gift. It's a gift that you're giving to somebody else. When you allow yourself to be vulnerable, you're telling that other person that it's okay for them to be vulnerable too. 
I want to be in this constant motion of learning from women who have gone farther than I have, who've raised their kids, who understand, you know, there are hills that I just shouldn't die on. There are battles that aren't worth fighting. We're in that trench together. And the war that we're fighting is going on all around us. In our culture, it's very hard to defend our faith. And I do believe that it's going to get even harder. A lot of people don't understand why I love Jesus as much as I do and why my faith is so strong. I don't know how I would do motherhood. I don't know how I'd survive in my marriage. I don't know how I'd be a good person at the end of the day if God wasn't with me. You know, I don't always feel like God's with me. And sometimes I don't listen, even though I should be. But that doesn't change the fact that I know, I know that I know in my heart that he's there for me. That's something that no one can take away from me. And even when I'm in my hot messness, even in those moments when I might be making a false God out of it, he's not disappointed in me. He understands me. Yeah, he's disappointed sometimes in the decisions that I make, the choices that I make because I'm not listening, but he's never left me. And I just feel in the sisterhood that we have to be there for one another. That's why I started this. I know that I have a voice. We all do. We all need to be encouraged, inspired, and we all need to feel connected. A really popular practice that I've seen done many times, it's pretty big on social media and you'll hear it on other podcasts, television shows, radio shows, you'll read it in books. It's all about picking your word of the year. I've never been one to pick one word for the year. But the other day I was in a meeting and I had my pen and my notebook and we were all encouraged to share what our word of the year was. I sat there as everybody else was putting out their words and I just didn't have one. And then I did. The word kind of settled over me like a heavy blanket. It was the word clarity. I realized that that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for clarity right now. I think that's what a lot of people are looking for. So that's my word for this year, clarity. You know, that's why I decided to go on this adventure and start this podcast. Thanks for joining me here at Life in the Trenches. I hope that you felt encouraged, inspired, and somewhat connected. Because at the end of the day, we're all in the trenches together. Together.